Good afternoon and welcome to Dateline New Haven on WNHHFM New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Paul Bass inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make our community tick. There's a lot of headlines as usual, a lot going on in the world, a lot going on in our city. But of course, there's always a lot of music to play. Today, there's headlines and bass lines. So we read the headlines from the New Haven Independent, the latest headlines, talk about a little bit, and shut up and let some good music play in between each headline. First headline of the day, City Tells Tiny Home Builders to Cease and Desist. Nora Grace Flood's been all over the story happening in New Haven's Hill neighborhood that has implications for the whole country because homelessness is on the rise. People living in cars, out in tents, doubling up with people, going from place to place, shelters. Some places like in uh, Seattle, Washington, there was a story where woman making $77,000 a year ago, I think it was 73, living out of a car with her daughter that the church there leaves their lot open with a place to wash up so the cops don't roust the people who want to park in their cars. So in the Hill neighborhood, we've, we've talked about this before and there's new development this week, Catholic Worker House, Amistad Catholic Worker House, which has always been a sanctuary for people hard on their luck. They converted part of a tent encampment in the backyard to what they call a tiny house encampment where they've erected a bunch of shelters mini shelters 60 to 100 square feet they don't have running water or heat they're gonna have heat eventually not running water or electricity so they're not exactly tiny houses but they're a place that if people live in there can get out of the cold these are people who don't want to go to homeless shelters for whatever reasons who don't get into supportive housing but they as it gets cold and it did get freezing last night they they have a place where they won't die and uh they can go in the catholic worker house for meals and use the bathroom the cities gave a second deceased and desist order this week saying you didn't go through the building code we have building code for a reason you didn't go through the zoning code or what we allowed to have where people catholic workhouse said we're not backing down they said this is an emergency we don't want people to die we want to have them have a place where they can stay warm have a sense of community try to get back on their feet the city government says we don't want people to die either. We worry that when you don't follow the rules, people die in fires. When they, Let's say if they light a fire inside one of these wooden um, shelters. And also they say we care a lot about the homeless. We put a lot of money more than any city in the state into shelters, into supportive housing, into outreach workers to try to help people. But we do have rules for a lot of reasons, including zoning for what people want in a neighborhood because neighbors have rights too and it's not just about being nimby sometimes it's about how crowded places get what's safe noisy what's good for the people already there and we try to decide these issues democratically according to law the people at amstad worker said sometimes we have a crisis where we have to move faster because otherwise people's needs aren't being met you know it's interesting to me i think they're great Nora's stories have shown both sides of that argument one opinion I'll interject is people do care on both sides on one side people say well Amistad you're just trying to make a point you're not going through the rules using people's pawns I think it's not totally true in this case I think they do care a lot about the people there and they care about the larger issue then they say the city doesn't care I think the city cares a lot I know the people in the city government care so much about housing people need housing that they care about addressing those underlying issues that make it complicated and I just sometimes the obvious solution isn't there. We need to talk about those issues as a community. Further, what's interesting to me about this is the role of radicals in society. We need people who see things with a radically new perspective. When there's a crisis and 
sometimes it takes too long to do the work that you need to do sometimes to help someone immediately. And sometimes the challenge is that when is everything an emergency? Because every day in the world there's so much injustice since the beginning of time that anybody who cares a lot about an issue at one time could say this is the time when it's such an emergency we need to do something, we need to block. I remember when Trump was elected and there were all these anti-Trump immigration protests, they blocked streets, said this is the time that we need to inconvenience people because this is such an important matter to call your attention. Then other people said that day there was a woman who was pregnant the ambulance couldn't get through because of the blocked street. And why is that day? Or even remember another day, they would have five of these in a week because they say we're in emergency mode now. And I remember being on a bus where people saying, you know, just someone come back from a, a, a low paying job saying, why did I have to be rerouted for half an hour because the bus going around and the people marching saying, because our cause is so important now. I promise I'm not saying that in either way to take a side on that. I'm just taking the side that we all don't care about these issues. We all have important roles to play. I think public sentiment in this case does feel like Catholic Worker House is doing something right by showing one possibility of how to house people in emergency. I think the city is right that building code matters. We remember when also in the Hill when there was all this artist housing for not much rent in an abandoned old factory on Daggett Street, the city kicked them out and people were mad about that. And the city said, you know, this wasn't even safe. You didn't have emergency exits. You didn't have fire sprinklers and you had a hundred people coming in for raves. And it was just a few weeks after that, that the ghost ship, a similar warehouse artist facility in Oakland burned down. A lot of people lost their lives. So in both cases, we're talking about trying to save lives. Both cases, it's not so easy, but in honor of the headline, I'd like to play a song by John Hyatt from his classic 2000 release. I do think this could be the best John Hyatt album, Crossing Muddy Waters. He had a song whose title could have come from the city government this week. It's called Take It Down. Take it down, take it down, take it down. 
Take it down. That's what the city of New Haven is telling the Amistad Worker House with their shelters for the homeless. It's what John Hyatt said in that song in 2000 from his album, Crossing Muddy Waters. I always thought he was one of the great Americana songwriters. People do covers of that. There's a really nice cover of that version by I'm With Her. In that album, I thought he did a great job of covering his own songs. And, uh, and we're talking about that on headlines and baselines, local headlines. Baselines from other music that we love here on WNHHFM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'll give you a little preview, although if you listen to this later, it won't be a preview anymore. The headline, working headline is, Ward 8 Candidates Debate Safety, Party Lines. You don't usually get debates with a lot of candidates anymore. They kind of feel like they don't have to face each other. They just want to do their own social media echo chamber bubble, and they don't have the guts to show up and face voters in the presence of their other of their opponent and have to actually engage the opponent rather than just say nasty things about them or answer questions from reporters. So it's, I always love it when they do show up to debate. You know, we have 30 Alders. In the primary, there was one debate in Ward 25, and last night, Wednesday night at Connie School, Ward 8, which is mostly Worcester Square, but has some gerrymandered parts like a little sliver of the annex, a little sliver of Fairhaven, as well as the many neighbors of Johnson Square and Mill River. And uh, the two-term incumbent is running for third term. Ellen Cupo is running as Democrat. Andrea Zola is running as a Republican. It was a good debate for the most part until the end. Um, it was civil, and they, they had different opinions about public safety, how safe the ward is or isn't, how to stop speeding traffic, um, whether to have safe injection sites, right? That's a big issue for how to deal with the opioid crisis. Then toward the end, it got a, it got a little bit with one candidate yelling at the other, not letting them talk and interjecting and shooting questions and attacking them and and you know what? It was an interesting moment for me was I was asking the questions, and I try not to repeat what I've done for decades asking the same questions at the debate. But I pulled out one I hadn't asked for a lot of years because I got a little tired. They knew to expect it, and this one they didn't know to expect. So it did kind of reveal. I said, "Tell me something you admire or respect about your opponent." So I saved that for near the end, where it's 
where it had kindly broken and one candidate was kind of attacking the other a lot. And they both were kind of getting on the attack. So first the Republican, um, Yanchizola went, and here's what she said. And she actually came up with it fast. She said, what I respect my opponent is she's such a good mom. That sounds nice, right? She's such a good mom that she skipped her job as older and didn't show up for meetings in order to be a mom, which obviously was not saying something nice about her opponent. Um, the Uncle gave birth. And I do think it's accurate to report on tennis records because that matters. And then report on the reasons, which Laura Glesby has done in terrific articles in The Independent. You know, sometimes local officials have thin skin and feel like they're not supposed to have their public actions publicly scrutinized. And um, in this case, you know, we believe in, in a little time off when you have a kid as long as you make sure, it's your, you know, stuff's covered, work's covered. And in fact, Ellen Kupo pointed out she was chair of a committee and came right back and chaired that committee, got legislation through, organized neighbors to stop a strip joint. She'd been busy, you know? So, I mean, it was a fair point to argue. I don't know if that's a way of saying that means you're a good mother when you're really saying you're bad alder. Ellen Kupo said, I think she meant that she thought that her opponent, Angia, cared about making a nicer neighborhood because she works hard. She ran a bridal business, and now she's starting, which I'm really looking forward to, a, a brunch, a, a cafe, lunch and brunch and tea and coffee natural vegetarian vegan cafe on Wooster Street come on we're all going to be there and it's going to be an outpost where stuff's cooked from edge of the woods which does the best vegan cooking in town so you know among the top for sure top bunch of places so that was a nice answer but as for that first answer I think Chuck Berry had it right with his song from his collection come on Chuck Berry Everything is wrong since me and my baby parted All day long I'm walking cause I couldn't get my car started Laid off from my job and I can't afford to check it I wish somebody'd come along and run into it and wreck it Come on, since my baby parted, come on I can't get started, come on I can't afford to check it I wish somebody'd come along and run into it and wreck it Everything is wrong since I've been without you Every night I lay awake Thinking about you every time the phone rings Sounds like thunder Some stupid jerk trying to reach another number Come on Since I've been without you Come on Steady thinking about you Come on Phone sounds like thunder Some stupid jerk trying to reach another number to you honey and you belong to me so come on i wanna see you baby come on i don't mean maybe come on i'm trying to make you see that i belong to you and you belong to me come on chuck berry with come on from the definitive collection and I don't think, that came out uh, last century, so that was before the debate in Ward 8 when uh, someone supposedly said something nice about her opponent that wasn't very nice. But come on, Chuck Berry, come on. At least they were out debating, which matters. We're talking about that at Headlines and Baselines, WNHHFM 
live streamed at newhavenpen.org. We've gone over some headlines and some bass lines from some music this host loves. Uh, here is a headline. The Challengers unite over Yale deal, Yale deal critique. These challengers are challengers for the mayor's office next week's election. Republican Tom Goldenberg, unaffiliated candidate Wendy Hamilton. They both bashed incumbent mayor Justin Ellicker's deal with Yale, where Yale for just six years and then they're going to take the money back is poning up a little more money in its voluntary contribution to the city since it saves so much money in not paying property taxes on most of its property. So it, uh, to, as part of its deal with its unions on new contract, Yale agreed to throw a little more money to New Haven, $10 million a year. But, of course, they got something big back. They got control of another downtown block, High Street between Chapel and Elm. They did that in a previous deal. It didn't go over well. People didn't like the idea of New Haven selling city streets. So this time the Ellicott Ministry said, we're not going to be accused of selling city streets. We're going to still own the streets, but of course Yale's going to control it. We don't even know for how long yet. We've made deals like this in the past with power people in town. They took us to the cleaners where we got something for them for a short term. And then they, in perpetuity, like the the ground under the, uh, across from the green, the uh, Connecticut office center there next to City Hall, David Chase, the developer, got 99 years, $1 rent on prime downtown land. So Yale's going to control this block, but Yale, New Haven's going to technically own it. And it's going to block it to traffic. It's going to decide what it's going to look like. It's probably going to police it. And so the challengers had a point, but so did the mayor. The challengers said, come on, you're not calling that a sale, but it is a sale. Yale shouldn't own New Haven. And they're right that Ellicott gets very self-righteous when he tries to have things both ways. And people point that out. And he thinks he's above being a politician who tries to have things both ways, even though he's like every other politician tries to have things both ways. Ellicott had a point, too, which is... It's kind of good. We want a city with <laughs> as much cars and biking. I was one of those people who were criticizing when Yale bought the street, the other block, a high street that goes up to Wall um, in, the, in the 90s. And I was wrong because it's really good to have that street closed off, to have a lot of people walking there, to have bike riding. You don't have to be from Yale. You know, you, know, you could be some city. I ride my bike through there sometimes on my way home. And we do want a more pedestrian and bike-friendly city. So as usual, it's a little, little truth both ways. And um, Marie Knight, we played some songs from her last week from her, um, her album, Let Us Get Together, a tribute to Reverend Gary Davis. She was a former soul singer and gospel singer whose career made a little bit of a comeback in the CD with Larry Campbell doing all Reverend Gary Dates' song. And if he asked her what does Yale own, well, she did the song 12 Gates to the City. And of course, they're all owned by Yale, whether or not we call it that. Oh, 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 oh,
favor for me. Please tell my dear old mother to meet me in Galilee. There will be twelve gates to the city. Hallelujah. Saying, oh, my Lord, what a beautiful city. Twelve gates to the city, Marine Knight. And we know that at least 12 of them are owned by Yale. Unless they're owned by the slumlords and out-of-town luxury developers that New Haven City Hall lures in by making them pay a lot less taxes than their property than the property's worth, so the rest of us make the difference. That's here on Headlines and Baselines, WNHH-FM. We're talking about the local news and the great music that goes along with it. Here's a headline. Um... We walked in as strangers. We left together. Now, we got that from the KGB. Not the play, service that used to be in, in Soviet Union. There's a KGB bar in the East Fields, New York. And the Independent now, we have a section called the Review Crew, with people in all different cities doing reviews of cultural events that might not otherwise get covered. And Kahan Just was in a New York City writer's circle reading. He said the reading was really good. Um, and at the KGB bar, which is apparently this great spot in East Village. I want to check it out. And there was a writer named Daisy Cashin who wrote a story about being a Southerner moving to New York and always being asked about her accent. So I'll read this excerpt Hank had from it, from Daisy's story. Um, I, I'm not going to try to say it in a Southern accent. Here's what Daisy wrote. The man said, oh, wow. So do you identify as a Southerner? Sarcasm bubbled in my body. I sure do. In fact, I once had a wet dream about Robert E. Lee. He let me call him Bobby and juggle his nuts while he sang David Allen Allen Coe. Boy, oh boy, was it special. Of course, I did not say this because I was raised to have manners, to say this kind of thing behind someone's back, or wait until it's dark outside. I really said, quote, I hadn't considered it until I moved to New York, close quote. I have not considered it because I have never identified as anything but confused. Well, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five had their take on what it's like to be in New York. And here is their song, New York, New York.
rich and greedy. Rows of ivy, skies as windows, looking down on the poor and the needy. Miles of people marching up the avenue, doing what they gotta do just to get by. I'm living in a land of plenty and many, but I'm damn sure poor, and I don't know why. Too much, too many people, too much. Too much, too many people, too much. A man's on a ledge, says he's gonna jump. People gather around, said he won't, he's just a chump. Cause he lost his job, then he got robbed. His mortgage is due and his marriage is due. He says he ain't gonna pay no child support because the bitch left him without a second thought. He got nothing to eat, no shoes on his feet. She even left his clothes out in the street. He keeps hearing noises when he's at home. He always hears voices when he's all alone. His wife took the kids, the car, and the crib. In this man's world, so much for women's live. New York, New York, big city of dreams. But everything in New York ain't always what it seems. You might get fooled if you come from out of town, but I'm down by law, and I know my way around. Down in the village, you might think I'm silly, but you can't tell the women from the men sometimes. They are sugar and spice and everything nice, but when you get them home, ain't no telling what you find. Right next door is a little old man. I seen him eating dog food out of a can. He says, I got to eat when I can't afford me. I barely can stand on my own two feet. I got a bad habit and I just can't break it. Something's on my mind and I just can't shake it. I need some time and I want some space. I gotta get away from the human race. Too much. Too many people. Too much. <laughs> too much. Too many people. Too much. Stand at a skyscraper, reaching into heaven when over in the ghetto I'm living in hell. Just play ball or be an entertainer, cause niggas like me can't read too well. Nobody loves me, nobody cares. I dream about a life, but I'm living in a nightmare. Paranoid, get so setbacks, snowbound, bad news cycle, heart attack, breakdown. Another day, if I didn't have to get up and do my thing, I would probably sleep my whole life away. I messed up a nice dream, something about ice cream, with cream fruits and a cherry on top. Now I gotta get up and face the world. Huh, the pressure is on, it ain't never gonna stop. I sure gotta learn to use my mind. I don't wanna be kissing nobody's behind. Just standing on line, looking like a jerk. Gotta get off my butt and do a full day's work. I ran into a pothole, got into a car crash. Should have been thinking to try to fake whiplash. So 
you take to the streets Trying to exist in the trash and slime of a world like this What you watch on TV tells you what life is supposed to be But when you look outside, the only thing you see is a poverty-stricken reality <laughs> Abandoned places, angry faces, much hate and hunger throughout the races You say I'm grown and I'm on my own, so why don't everybody just leave me alone? Now you stay at home, talking on the phone, doing 90 miles an hour in the 50 mile zone They never took the time to tell you about sex, so you had to learn about it in the discotheque Nine months later, the baby is there and the nigga that did it said, I don't care, you don't have enough money to help feed too. So you have to choose between the baby and you. The sky was crying, rain and hell when you put your baby in the garbage pail. Then you kiss the kid and put down the lid and you tried to forget what you just did. <laughs> the muffled screams of a dying baby was enough to drive the young mother crazy. So she ran in the rain trying to ease the pain <laughs> and she drove herself insane. New York, New York, big city of dreams, but everything in New York ain't always what it seems. You might get fooled if you come from out of town, but I'm down by law and I know my way around. I'm too much, too many people, too much. <laughs> too much, too many people, too much. much too many people i, I kind of buy that about new york that was grandmaster flash and the furious five with their take on it after we heard from the independent review crew's take on new york these days and you're hearing that on headlines and baselines wnhh fm new haven's home for community radio 103.5 fm live streamed at newhavenindependent.org here's another headline a uh, uh, story from new haven independent dems double down on four-year terms so Tom Breen was there, because Tom Breen's everywhere, along with the rest of the New Haven Independent staff. When the leading Democrats in town made a campaign rally to say, here's our message. They said, we want you to approve voters this coming Tuesday, charter reform. Once every 10 years, we put some changes to our city charter, which is like our constitution, on the ballot. And we asked you to approve it. There's something funny about the way they asked us to approve it. Because what they really said was more than vote yes. They said, vote yes on this thing that we don't really tell you what it is and that we try to fill and sneak in stuff we know you don't want so that we can get it through in our own interest and pretend it's for the public. So vote yes. Let me explain what I'm talking about. You're going to see a question on the ballot this Tuesday that says, do you want to approve the changes to the city city charter? They're not going to tell you what's in that question, what changes they have, because there are a lot in them. So at the rally, they talked about giving four-year terms to the mayor. And a lot of people want that. Some people don't. They're pros and cons. There's a lot of other stuff there, too, like cleaning up the language in the city charter, make it gender neutral. Good thing. 
updating the rules for how we govern cities, boards, and commissions, which matter. Their roles have changed over time. You know, should we have to wait for a whole change of the charter to say whether people have to live a certain place in the city bureaucracy or on the boards of commissions? They're there for life. It's kind of silly. And then there's a poison pill for some people in there, which is that the Board of Alders wants a raise, which I think they deserve, and it shouldn't be as part of the charter. But they also want four-year terms themselves. Because in their idea, the Board of Alders who put this together, they said, hmm, we're not going to give the mayor more power by giving him four years. And then we're going to get four years too. Even though you're talking about the structure of government, you're not talking about you. You're not talking about who's in office now. You're not talking about who's in office in two years. You're talking about how government should work, whoever's in office, and how it works best. And 10 years ago, we did make changes to the charter. A lot of these same alders I thought were quite good, giving more power to the board of alders to, if they choose to exercise it to approve more, for instance, top appointees to city government. They did that in an important way when the mayor wanted to ram through an unpopular choice police chief who wanted to put the Proud Boys in charge of our department. They stopped that. But four-year terms, that would make us an outlier when you look at other branches of government. We want our executive, the president, the governor, the mayor, to have four years so they have time to put plans into place and run a government with a vision, to unroll it, hire people, have time to get into their jobs and carry it out rather than just immediately running for re-election. That's the argument. But then it's important that the legislative branch get elected every two years because they're not running the government day-to-day, right, as executives branch, but they're supposed to keep check on the government. So if people don't like, like even though I didn't agree with this, when after Obama was elected, government, uh, some members of the public didn't like the Obamacare health care plan. They didn't like the idea that some people get health insurance when they didn't get it before. So they elected new majority in Congress as a result to put a check on some of those plans. Same thing happened when Ronald Reagan was president in 1981, a landslide 82. Democrats, he's Republican, won in Congress as the government, as the public wanted to check on some of those policies. So it's important that the legislators run every two years. And the truth is, in practice, an alder doesn't usually get an opponent or a serious opponent, so like they, they get reelected unless they're screwing up or they get tired. And that's important to get new blood in those cases. And I think there's a fundamental misconception when you think you get your power by having four-year terms instead of using power you already have. So the biggest insight 10 years ago was when a new slate got elected to the board of alders is still there, associated with Yale Union, saying, we can exercise more of this legislative power to advance a good agenda than if you to community policing and more power in neighborhoods and say over development and holding Yale accountable. And they did that. But that's because they did the hard work of organizing and identifying issues and convincing people of the case in public. Just sneakily trying to make one question on a ballot that doesn't tell you what it is that you think people might vote for and then sneak in the thing they want for because you think wrongly that it gives you more power. That's a way of saying Say yes, but we're not going to tell you why. That's why Bob Dylan wasn't wrong. I want to replay a song he played last week. This goes out to Harry Dross because I think he liked it as much as I do. This tells you something about the approach to government some of the people have in the legislative branch in Washington and in New Haven sometimes, not always. And that is that everything is broken. Broken idols, broken heads, people's 
Hound dogs howling, bullfrogs croaking, everything is broken, according to Bob Dylan, in that track from Oh Mercy, I believe that was 1989 album, his comeback album. And uh seems like everything's broken sometimes, but not at Clemente School, which has a longer formal name, in, uh, in the hill. They just had an interesting transition. Maya Edmonds-Duff has been doing a really good job there as the principal, bringing in the community, dealing with a very diverse population. It shows New Haven's changing nature. And they hired a new principal, Adela George, who's going to be starting in, uh, later this month. And she, a couple things that are interesting about her, um, her ascension. So Adela is Latino, and now a plurality of students and soon a majority of students outright in New Haven's public schools are Latino. And that's mirroring changes in the city, and the school system is doing a good job now of trying to incorporate that. Not that everybody hires has to be Latino. It means you need more people, and you need to focus on literacy. And here's something interesting about Clemente. Do you know that over 10% of that school, the students are just from Afghanistan? People come from a lot of countries in the city. We welcome refugees and other immigrants. And the Afghan refugees especially have been settling in the hill and near the hill. And they've done a lot of work in that school with... Um, dual language stuff and that's uh adela george has worked on connected steel by literacy program developing that the standards for the english language proficiency program she helped open waterbury's international dual language school so go for it adela george like christian like uh christian ford says in this song the possibilities are limitless it's not necessarily all broken sometimes the gray sky is blue.
Gray Sky Blue from Kristen Ford. Boy, I love her energy, her joy in her music. We've watched her ascend through the clubs of New Haven to now a career breaker, a career break with Ani DeFranco, an album getting uh, more play, national touring. Way to go, Kristen Ford, here on Headlines and Baselines, WNHHFM, 103.5 FM, live streamed at newhavenimpen.org. One more headline I got for you from this week. From the Independent, Ocean Sales send tenants packing. Now, we're not talking about selling the ocean yet. We'll see what happens in the next election. But Ocean Management is one of the biggest slumlords in town. They own more poverty property than the Housing Authority. But thanks to pressure put on by the community, legal cases, they get hauled into court for criminal misconduct. Great reporting by all the reporters at the Independent on this kind of stuff. Giving it light. They're selling a lot of their properties. We can't prove that's why. But uh, 27 units are on the market right now. It's a start. Although it depends on who buys it, if it's going to get better or not. Not every Aren't all these like, great landlords in the wings? We do have some good landlords in town, but there aren't always great landlords in the wings ready to buy it up. And obviously we all think the policies we want people to live in the houses they buy and if then rent out the other units if they're multifamily. Can't always work that way. Be nice if it could work more. We've learned in New Haven and other generations that even if we throw tons of money and effort at it, you could definitely help more people buy homes, but not everybody doesn't necessarily make sense to buy a home financially. And also, there seems to be the ceiling of like two-thirds of the city that's always going to rent, which is no shame in that. It's not necessarily a bad idea. We do want to promote home ownership. We want to keep landlords um, accountable for their actions. And so the 20s, in those units, at least some of the people that Laura Gillespie talked to, whom she talked to, are getting noticed that even though they've paid their rent, they're on year-to-year, month-to-month leases, they told you, you're going to have to move because we're selling the property. We don't want humans in here. So we, you had this crappy place while you were here, and now you don't even get to have your crappy place. you got to move. And a lot of times there's not much notice, and it kind of throws their credit in trouble, their life. I've been in that position, but I think because someone was buying a house, everything was fine. We thought didn't give us notice, and it kind of throws your family really disrupted. I mean, we just when it comes to affordable housing, there is no way the private market can make it work. Yes, when government does Section 8 or running their own facilities, which is even better. Of course, they don't always do well either. We've got to keep them accountable, but at least it's us, and there's not a sentence built into the system to screw people out of having a decent place to live that they can afford so someone can make profit. And I just think everything we see about how the private market works in affordable housing, you don't have to be a socialist about everything in society. Not always one size fits all solution, but certainly with housing, the private market is a failure. Because otherwise... People get told for nothing they did wrong with no notice. They get told by Ocean what Marie Knight, we're going to do another one of her tracks, is singing about here in her Gary Davis, Reverend Gary's tribute, which you get told you got to move.
gets ready you got to move you might you don't sometimes you know it's time to move and you get moving sometimes you don't get to call it you might have some slumlord who sold your property like ocean tells you you got to move sometimes the lord as marie knight sang in that song with some hot licks from larry campbell hot singing from marie knight in her tribute to Irving gary davis you just got to move and lord gets ready and sometimes it's a bummer throws your life in disarray but something better can come out of it so often it can we don't always get to pick the challenge that faces us. But we do get to pick how we face that challenge. And often together, we do okay. And sometimes, like so often in New Haven, a lot better than okay. We come out stronger, united. Thanks for listening today to Headlines and Baselines. Thanks to Harry Dross, the miracle magic man behind the controls, the station manager of WNHHFM. And in that spirit, we're taking it out with the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Feel to Be Free from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. That plea needs to be heard now more than ever, but it always needs to be heard. Interpersonal peace, peace in our world. Boy, do we want it. Let's make it happen. This is Paul Bass inviting you to fly free with us all day, all night, all weekend long on WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio.